coast and floorboards the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement projects, your do-it-yourself dilemmas. We're here to help you get the job done. Speaking of which, how's those New Year's resolutions working out? Are they done yet? Not so great. Did they start? No, well, somehow those 10 pounds that I want to lose hasn't miraculously <laughs> melted off my body. I can't imagine I just why. about forgot about them. Thanks so much for reminding me. Well, you know, if one of those resolutions is saving money, we're all about that. For example, do you pay to heat water for your home whether you need it or not? Well, if you have a standard water heater, you probably do, and it's not the best idea. We're going to have some tips this hour on a smarter and most likely cheaper option that'll save you some cash, but give you all the hot water that you'll ever need. All right. And also ahead, we're going to share with you a few easy ideas to help you spruce up your kitchen to make it much more functional for you. This way you can save your aching back and add some value to your home as well, which we are all looking to do. And speaking of kitchens, we're going to tell you how to get a champagne look on a beer budget when it comes to your kitchen countertops. We've got an inexpensive way for you to have real granite tops. And you know that those are very, very costly, but there is a cheaper alternative Well, it's actually real granite, and we'll tell you how to make it happen for you in just a bit. And speaking of cheaper alternatives, we're giving you a prize this hour for totally free, so that's pretty darn cheap. This hour, we've got a set of Blackfire clamp lights, and they are a great tool. You can use them hands-free. It's a perfect addition to your toolbox, and it'll really be helpful if you've got a project underneath, say, a sink cabinet. They're worth 60 bucks. Going to go out to one caller that reaches us for today's program at one eight 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 money pit 888-666-3974. Let's get right to the phones. Leslie, who's first? Tim in Alaska has an issue with a popcorn ceiling. How can we help you today? Uh, my house was built in 1978, and from what I understand, that was about the time frame that uh, they were switching from non-asbestos products. And I was wondering if, what the likelihood really that my, my ceiling is got popcorn ceiling all over. What's the likelihood of that having asbestos in it? Well, I, I have to say that I think that most of the asbestos was gone by then, but the only way you would know for sure is if you took scrapings and sent it out and had it analyzed, which is not a terribly expensive thing to do. And worth it if you're thinking about taking it down. Yeah, we get a lot of calls about about uh, popcorn ceiling, and it's, you know, there's a lot of, it's a lot of work to get rid of it, but I will say that uh, you're probably going to be a lot happier when you do. It's, yeah, it's very dirty. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know what, Tim? You should have it tested if you plan on taking it down, even if you planned on painting it, because as you work with it, you know, and especially if you're going to take it off, it becomes completely, you know, torn apart. It's a big mess. It comes apart in pieces. And if there's a chance that there's asbestos in there, you probably have to have it removed in a very special way that you won't be able to do yourself. So it's better off to know what's in there before you even think about tackling it. Certainly. All right. Well, I guess that answered my question. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Jill who's dealing with some issues in the shower. What's going on in your bath? Well, there are two things: um, mold on towel around the tub that I cannot get rid of, and before I've had someone clean out the grout, regrout, and caulk, and it's all returned. Okay, and what's the second thing? The other thing is um, there's a leak in the sh- the tub spout, well, and the the knobs too, on and off okay. knobs. Well, the the leak in the uh, in the tub spout is stemming from the the valve, and you're probably going to need to replace the valve seat, which is a minor plumbing project. Let's talk about the tile. The tile issue is a, is is because you have too much humidity 
and too much moisture in the bathroom. And that's why you had this mold problem with the grout, and then you got rid of uh, all of the grout, and it came back. That's because if you have, you know, water, soap, scum, I hate to tell you, but skin cells, there's a lot of debris that gets stuck on the tile lines, and it feeds mold. Mm -hmm. And that's all mold food. Now, if you're not, you know, managing the moisture and the humidity in the bath that you generate with a shower... It's just going to consistently feed that mold and you're going to keep getting it back. Now, what you need to do is obviously clean with the bleach solution to get rid of the mold, but also manage that moisture with a vent fan. Do you have one? Yes, I do. And the vent fan should be hooked up so that it runs for about 20 minutes after you leave the bathroom. Most people run it while they're in the bathroom. And then turn it off. And then turn it off. It ought to be on a timer. You know, when it's really, you jump out of that shower and then you open the door and now you've got the mix of the hot and cold and you get condensation and that's when the moisture really becomes an issue. So you want that vent fan to stay on to help remove it. Exactly. And in terms of the actual material that you use for the grouting, maybe too late for this now, but let me mention to you that if you ever decide to uh, saw away the old grout with a grout saw and regrout it again, you want to use a product that's got a mildecide in it um, Laticrete is a big grout manufacturer, mm. and they have a product that's got uh, microband in it, which is one of those uh, mildecides that kills mold. And it's also, you also find it in certain types of caulk, like DAP has a caulk that's got microband in it. And those microband additive products are very, very mold resistant. And it's a lot less likely for it to grow back. What about at this point, if she's able to clean off all that mold from the existing grout, can you seal it at this point with the nah, sealer that's well, got? I mean, you could. But you almost never get it that clean. If you got it really super clean, then you could seal it with a silicone cleaner, silicone sealer, and that makes it a little bit easier to care for in the future. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Jill. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Well, we are wishing you many happy greetings this new year. And if you need some help getting your home improvement New Year's resolutions off on the right foot, give us a call twenty four hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, how'd you like to save your aching back with a bit of less heavy lifting around the kitchen? We've got a few options that will ease your workload and bring up your home's value all in one after this. You're in a money pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you need some assistance with that project you're working on currently, because we have got a great prize for you this hour that will be that third hand to hold that flashlight while, say, you're doing some plumbing work underneath the kitchen sink. So we're giving away this hour a black fire clamp light. That is hard to say, which you can just clamp onto just about anything, or it's sort of got this awesome tripod action because it can stand on its own. So you will have both hands free to find that leak, install a heat duct, or even replace the circuit. And the head even swivels so you can point that light exactly where you need it. No more calling up a friend and bribing them with beer and pizza. You've got that extra set of hands right here. So give us a call because one caller that we speak to is going to win this prize. It's worth 60 bucks. So call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT right now. 888-666-3974. Now, if you are doing all the heavy lifting around your kitchen, you're probably ready to throw in the dish towel, literally. But there are several things that you can do to kind of avoid this workout. First of all, 
If you are carrying heavy pots full of water from the sink to the stove, there's a very simple solution. You can ask your plumber to install an extra long spray hose next to the faucet. It is uh, sort of a poor man's version of the pot filler faucet. You know, the pot filler <laughs> faucet is one that is mounted on the wall next to the stove, swings out over the stove, and fills the water out right there so you never have to touch the pot. But, you know, that's kind of a big deal. Easy way to avoid that is to install a longer hose on the spray faucet, carry the hose over, fill the pot up, put it back under the kitchen sink. No fuss, no moss, and no aching back. True. You can also consider getting a garbage disposer that's going to rinse your food waste right down the sink. They're not that expensive, and they're really simple to install. You might even consider a trash compactor as well. I mean, I can't even believe the amount of garbage we produce in my family alone, and we're just three. So imagine what these two simple additions to your kitchen could do to reduce the amount of trash that you're going to have to haul to the curb, get out of the kitchen. I mean, it's really just a big pain in the back. You just want to make sure that all of the switches for these items, the disposer and the trash compactor, are easy to reach. Now, these are a few changes. They can really spruce up your kitchen. They can help keep your back thanking you forever and ever. And they also boost the value of your home. So simple additions that you can make in this new year. And for more tips on kitchen improvements, log on to moneypit.com and click on kitchens. 888-666-3974. Who's next? Mike in New York needs some help with a steel door. Tell us about your project. Hi, my project is I got a, a brand new uh, stainless steel door. Um, the only reason because it was for the tax credit and everything. But um, we got some cats and dogs. They're they're little ankle biters, and uh, they keep <laughs> scratching the door. So I, what I installed is a kick plate. Mm-hmm. But the kick plate I wanted. Uh, oh, they only sell the ones that go at the bottom. But I wanted one to go off the side, but all one piece. So what I had, um, I had a steelwork factory make me an L-shaped kind of kick plate. Okay. But when they got it, it had like a whole bunch of oil and whatever they used, you know, cuts, you know, like burn marks and everything. But there's some oil on it. And I just want to clean it up so it looks nice and shiny like it was made on the door. I was wondering what special cleaning solution can I use to clean that stainless steel plate up with? You know, I have stainless appliances and I have a stainless steel sink. And I've used, I mean, you don't want to use anything harsh on it. And you also want to make sure that when you clean the stainless, you'll notice that there's like a grain on the stainless steel similar to a wood grain might be. Um, And when you clean the stainless, you want to make sure that you do your cleaning or your rubbing, I should say, in the direction of those polish lines. That's what that grain is. When they polish up that steel, you end up with this very linear markings on it. So you want to make sure that you polish or clean in the same direction of those marks. And then I've used either store-bought stainless cleaner or you can just use like a mild dishwashing detergent water and like a a clean dry cloth. Right. You don't want to get too fancy with it. Yeah, right. I just didn't want to hurt it or I, I didn't know if there's any special way. Yeah, just keep it simple. All right. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Gary in Maryland needs some help working on a driveway project. What do you want to do with it? I have a carport that I was thinking about wanting to put some coloring in it on the painting it. Okay. Then I was wondering, uh, you know, what would be the preparation that I would have to do for that that would help the paint stay on and also that also that it wouldn't be slippery if it got wet. Now, this is a concrete surface under your carport that you're talking about? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the type of concrete that you're going to want to use is an epoxy paint. It's an air cure epoxy. And the formulations are such now that they have very good adhesion to the concrete. Even if you've had, you know, the concrete's been dirty before, it's been damp, 
uh, as long as you clean it well, and they have an etching material that usually mm-hmm. is sold with the paint that preps the surface. That's like the first yeah. step. Right. So that's what you want to do. Clean it first. Use the epoxy. Make sure you wait for you know two or three really good dry days because you're going to make you want to make sure it cures very well before you put the car back on. And you can also add um, some traction supplements to it where you have like sand mixes and things. Mm-hmm. And that's usually sold separately, but it's right next right. to it. Right. Exactly. Sand mix, okay. It's like an yeah. anti-skid additive. It'll have like a fancy wording, but it's really so you don't slip and fall. Exactly. Right. Yes. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate You're welcome. that. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, our next caller needs some help patching up a, uh, I guess, a damaged ceramic tile floor. Now we've got Lynn in Texas. How can we help you? Uh, I have a the ceramic tile, and it seemed like there was a blister on one of the tiles. Okay. And it popped. Hmm. It, it's been down about three years, but it left an open place, a little hole that's about half an inch in diameter, just about a sixteenth of an inch deep. Hmm. I'm afraid that it's going to get very stained because it doesn't look good. So is there anything I can do to fill it and seal the surface? What color is the ceramic tile? It's uh, well, <laughs> kind of a lot of uh, brick color. It's dark. Or, well, actually, that could work. that could work for you. Um, because what you're going to want to do is is get a touch-up paint. Now, there's a couple of different ways you can go here. You can use a touch-up paint that's used for cars. If you go to an auto body store, like a, like a Pep Boys or a place like that, you can um, get a car touch-up paint, which is a very durable, usually epoxy-based paint, and you can touch it up with that. You could also, because it's dark colored, I don't know if you're going to be able to find this, but they have a, a epoxy paints for kitchen appliances too, but I doubt you're going to find it in a dark color. So you may want to stick with the auto body idea first, with the auto parts store first, because I think you'll find touch-up paints in wide varieties of colors there. And if you can't, if it's sort of motley, you know, go look, go darker and lighter and, and, and sort of dab them on together side mm-hmm. by Mixing side to create together. the pattern. Oh, okay. And that'll seal the, seal the place where the glazing broke off so you won't get dirt in there. And you know what? If you do a good job, you may, may be completely invisible. I hope so. All right. Thank, we'll give it a thank, shot. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right. Calling in with a window question, we've got Dennis from South Carolina. Welcome. Hi. My question is, I have a townhouse, and I'd like to put hurricane-rated windows on the upstairs where I can't get to put my uh, steel shutters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'd like to know if the glass can be replaced without putting in the window frame, or you need to put a whole new window in. I didn't know if there was anything like that. And what does the DP50 rated mean? Is that good enough for a two or three category? Good question. Okay, first things first, you can't just replace the window glass because it's really a whole structural unit, and the, the, the glass has to be you know, impact resistant and shatterproof and all of that. And DP50 is the rating for the durability of the glass. And Mm -hmm. the DP50 glass is going to qualify for the Miami-Dade code, which is considered to be the toughest in the country. Right, and it's up to 173 miles per hour. Oh, that's good, because I've seen them advertised here. uh, That's the rating that they they use, and... uh, yeah, that's what you that. need. Yeah. That's what you need, but you're going to have to replace the entire window. Okay. They're pretty expensive, okay. but they do stand up. Yeah, yeah. I, you I know, know, listen, um, on our website, we've got uh, a free downloaded, uh, downloadable chapter from our book, My Home, My Money Pit. It's called Your Complete Replacement Window Guide. And right now it's linked off the homepage. So you might want to check that out, download it, 
And uh, just read through that. I'll give you a lot of the sort of uh, replacement window 101 background information that you need. It also talks about what is required to qualify for the energy tax credit. Okay, that's good. That's what that'll, that'll give me some information when I'm going into the store. So I'll have that's some right. Background. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Jane in Washington has a furnace that's acting up. What's going on? Uh, yes, my igniter went on my gas furnace, and I wanted to know how much I should pay to get it fixed if I'm going to be, you know, overcharged. What's being overcharged? Do you have a service contract for your heating system? No, I don't. You know, yeah, I left it running. It's about 15 years old, but I left it run out last year. Yeah, okay. Well, um, the, the biggest expense going to be is going to be the service call itself. And, you know, in your area, you're probably talking at least 100 bucks. I would think, for the guy to come out, you know, just to walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, the part itself, you know, shouldn't be that expensive. I, I would imagine the whole thing could be fixed for maybe a couple of hundred. You know what, Jane, it might even just be worth it, you know, once this is said and done, to renew your service contract. I'm a big believer in it. When we first bought our house, we did not have a service contract, and we had some major heating issues that year, and it cost a lot of money, and we had to wait a long time for somebody to come to the house. And with the service contract, which runs between two and 300 bucks for the year, you know, you can have somebody at your house for hours upon hours. Pretty much every part under the sun is covered. And, you know, for a nice tip at the end of the job, it's done, and it's done fast. And I never have to worry that if it's 3 o'clock in the morning and something goes on, you know, I can reach out. We have a 35-year-old boiler. Have you um, talked to your utility company about whether or not they have any kind of amnesty program? Because some companies will let you renew a service contract when something breaks down as long as you continue it. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you might want to ask that. been a member for a while. Yeah, you might want to ask that question. Because, yeah, I've had it since, I mean, I've had it forever, and then I thought, oh, you know, I just... Well, tell them it was an oversight, and tell them that you've had it for a long time, and you didn't realize it had run out, and, you know, as luck would have it, uh, you know, you have a breakdown, and and see if they can help you address it. Okay, thank you very much. Doesn't hurt hurt to ask. I'm going to try that. No, I'm going to try it. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, we want to help you take advantage of those tax credits that are out there through the end of 2010. So why not do so by adding energy-efficient appliances to your home? Up next, we're going to tell you why a tankless water heater is a great way to go. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888 The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Install a new energy-efficient Thermatrue door today and qualify for up to a $1,500 tax credit. To learn more, visit thermatrue.com slash tax credit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can go to moneypit.com right now for help with your current home improvement tasks. Simply search for any project, big or small, by season or by room. It's all there. It's all free. It's all accessible. And it's all easy to use at moneypit.com, as is our phone number, 888-666-3974. Who's next? 
All right, well, maybe you've got something going on in your bathroom that needs fixing, just like Glenda in Kansas. Glenda, are you the good witch? What's going on? <laughs> yes, I'm the good witch. <laughs> how can we help you, Glenda? Uh, I was wanting to know how to get rid of the mold in uh, the bathroom on the walls. We're, we're tearing the tile out. Okay. Replacing it with Formica. You're tearing the tile out and replacing it with Formica? Yeah, it's an old tile. It was an old house. Okay. And it's got a lot of mold and stuff behind it, and hmm. it has insulation back there. Now, this is a, a wall surface that you want to put Formica up on? Is this an area that gets wet a lot? Like, is it in yeah, your shower? Yeah, because Formica is typically not a material that you're going to use on a bath and shower surface. It's more of a countertop surface. Okay. So well, there what are is other... the vinyl? Is it vinyl? Or well, what there's, is it? There's, there's different things. There are vinyl enclosures, yes. There are tub, tub enclosures, tub and there's shower enclosures. There's solid surfacing options. Yep, and there's solid surfaces, too, like a Corian option. So there are a number of options. And, of course, you could tile again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But formica is not something you want because that's basically a particle board base with then another, you know, natural fiber that's pressed together to create this laminate surface. And if you get that wet, like, consistently with a ton of water from a shower or in a bath splashing up, it's going to completely deteriorate and you're going to end up with way more mold back there. That would be bad. Okay. And the bath surrounds, Glenda, that are made by the solid surfacing companies like Corian or um, uh, Caesar Stone or Silestone? Silestone? Silestone, yeah. Um, I mean, they're beautiful. They come in a variety of looks that can look like any type of marble, granite, stone, you know, with specks and glints of color and, and sparkle. That I mean, they're beautiful and, you know, they're not as expensive as going with something that's like a natural stone, but they're certainly more expensive than a tile. Okay. That sounds good to me. It helped me out a lot, and I thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome, Glenda. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, the best time to upgrade your appliances for more energy-efficient models is right now. And we can't stress that enough because there are amazing federal tax credits out there that are making energy-efficient upgrades to your home very affordable. Yes, like a much cheaper and smarter way to heat water for your home. This old house host Kevin O'Connor and plumbing expert Rich Trithui join us right now with details on that. And Kevin, these highly efficient units are known by a couple of different names, but they all all do a great job. Some people call them tankless water heaters, some people call them on-demand water heaters, and still others call them instantaneous water heaters. No matter what you call them, replacing your tank-style water heater with one of these units will save you money. Well, that's right. Here's how they work. Instead of having a 40 or 50 or a 60-gallon tank of hot water sitting all day, heating up, cooling off, the burner comes on all day long waiting for you to maybe come home and take some hot water, an instantaneous water heater heats the water only when it's needed. Now, usually they're natural gas or propane, and for the most part, they're direct vented or installed outdoors in places where you don't have a chance of a freeze. And there are a few models that can actually vent right into an existing flue line. That seems like a great idea. Especially right now. There are so many incentives, including tax credits from the government and rebates from local utilities that make these units even more affordable. And to watch a step-by-step -step video of a tankless water heater installation, visit us at thisoldhouse.com. 
And can tankless water heaters even handle a household with three teenagers? Absolutely. And <laughs> you can take a shower 24 hours straight, and that keeps up with most teenagers. But that's the only thing that can handle three teenagers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Richard Trufui, Kevin O'Connor from This Old House, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks, Tom. Good to be here. And you know, I got to tell you, Tom, you're going to need all of that tankless water heater tax incentives and those energy savings that you can muster just to pay for those teenagers. Oh, don't I know it? I'm looking at like 10 years worth of college tuition. (laughs) It's so expensive. Well, for more tips, you can watch This Old House on your local PBS station. And This Old House is brought to you by Lumber Liquidators, hardwood floors for less. Still ahead, a top dollar look for a lot less money. We're going to tell you how you can have granite countertops that won't break the bank. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. One caller we talked to this hour is going to win the Black Fire Clamp Light. So you can clamp onto just about anything or stand totally on its own and have both hands free to find a leak, install a heat duct, replace a circuit, or find your lost keys. One caller who asks us their home improvement question uh, may just win that set of two clamp lights worth 60 bucks. The number again is one eight 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 money pit Yeah, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you're looking for a way to make over your kitchen without spending a ton of money because granite countertops, we know that natural surfaces when it comes to countertops, that's what everybody seems to want. But not everybody can afford that super high price tag that comes along with those countertops. Well, now you can have that luxury look for a lot less. If you're looking for a more affordable stone countertop, a natural stone countertop, you can use smaller sections of the stone, which are sold in square pieces like 12 by 12 squares. You find them Mm -hmm. at all of those centers. Now, the squares can be placed side by side, and then the joints can be filled with grout. Now, these smaller stone pieces, they're less expensive, they're easier to install, and they provide an equally attractive look at a fraction of the price that you would be paying for a solid granite countertop. Now, you can also find great options in laminates because today's laminates come in thousands of colors, and I mean not just solid colors. You can get a laminate that looks exactly like granite in all of those beautiful colors and tones and veins that you are looking for in a natural surface. So keep your eyes open when you're out there shopping around and think about your wallet because you can find some really beautiful options out there. And uh, speaking of laminates, for an even cheaper solution, what do you think of those laminate paints that are out there that look like granite? They're pretty good, aren't they? Well, there's two different ones. We know that Gianni one, we saw it at the hardware show last year, I guess. And that's an affordable kit. And it comes in two options. That's uh, one's white and one's black. And then there's another company, Modern Masters, who I've worked with before in using their metallic paints. But they just put out a granite kit that's available in like eight colors. But that's like $250. But still way cheaper and a really fun project to tackle on your own. There you go. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Matt in Indiana's got a slow toilet. What's going on there? Well, hello. Um, got uh, I live in a house that's about four years old with the original toilets in them. And even with the uh, fill uh, valve all the way open, the one that's at the wall, right? Uh, the toilet takes maybe two minutes to fill up. Hmm. Okay. Have you considered replacing the fill valve? I haven't done that yet. That was sort of... Uh, going to go well, there, but I didn't know what Let's were... just put it this way. There's nothing worth repairing or adjusting on a fill valve. Because what, the fill valve's like five bucks? Yeah. The fill valve is like a few bucks. And it's a pretty easy do-it-yourself plumbing project, Matt. Okay. 
So I would replace the fill valve. The only thing that you can adjust, you can't adjust the, the, the speed with which it fills up. You can adjust the height. So, you know, if you have it adjusted too high, then, of course, it's going to put more water in there before it shuts off. But if you replace the fill valve, I think that would be the easiest thing to do. Sometimes you get some mineral deposits that build up and slow these things down. It may not be opening all the way. So I would just replace it. You want to get a Fluid Master one. They're the most universally acceptable. Mm -hmm. And the Fluid Master website has like complete instructions, step-by-step -step photos, fun cartoons. Like it's a good website. Yeah, they're like five or 10 bucks. They're really cheap and they're not hard to do. Just turn the water off to the toilet before you start. Well, sounds good. I sure, sure appreciate the advice. You got it. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, now we've got Teresa in Virginia who wants to change the look of tile. How can we help? Um, I have ceramic tile in my kitchen and great room, and it shows up everything. And I w was wondering if I could put some kind of stain on it to change the color. Mm, and this no. is a floor. Yes. Mm. No, you can't. Um Ceramic tile is not designed to be changed. You can change the grout color. You could dye the grout darker, but you can't change the tile itself because it's glazed. And anything that you put on it is just going to fall off. Mm -hmm. so, Especially on the floor. If it were yeah. a backsplash or, you know, a wall that doesn't get too wet, you know, there, there are painting techniques you can do. They're very time-consuming. Um, but, I mean, they do stick. It's not as durable as you would want or hope it to be. And you really have to pay attention to how you apply the paint to make it not look like willy-nilly with brush marks. But a floor, just because the amount of wear and tear that a floor gets, I would never attempt. Now, if you don't want to deal with the stress or hassle of, you know, picking up and, you know, breaking up all that tile floor to get rid of it, you can put a laminate right on top of the tile. Right. Which will give you the look of anything. Wood, stone. Okay. Well, thank you so much. You're very welcome, Teresa. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, now we're going to head over to Florida, where Harrison is working on a closet project. You've got some sticky racks. What's going on? Yes, the uh, closet racks are uh, kind of steel racks with a white plastic coating on them. Gotcha. And as they get old, they get sticky. And uh, I was wondering if there's any kind of solution I could use to uh, remove the stickiness to them. Have you tried cleaning the surface with rubbing alcohol? Uh, no, I didn't try alcohol. Rubbing alcohol, I find, is like the instant goo gone master. You can also use um, a, a product exactly called goo gone or goof off or goo off. There's a million of them out there. But I would try just, you know, with the cotton swab with some rubbing alcohol just to see. It's not going to damage the surface, and it really does a great job of removing any sort of stickiness. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll try that. Uh, thanks for your help. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Bonnie in North Dakota needs some help keeping a crawl space warm. Tell us about what's going on. Uh, I was just wondering how you insulate a crawl space when the floor joists go one direction and then your water lines go another direction. Back. Very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not so hard to do. I mean, that's very common that the the water lines are going to go uh, perpendicular to the floor joist. Typically, you want to use unfaced bat insulation, so unfaced fiberglass. You're going to carefully, uh, I would use the pre-cut pieces. They're easier to handle. 
and you're going to squeeze those up in between the floor joists. You're going to support them in place with wire hangers. And whenever you come to a place where there's pipes in the way, just sort of work the insulation around it. But remember, don't jam the insulation in. Don't compress it because insulation has to be fluffy to work properly. Okay. And then after you get the insulation in, make sure you put a vapor barrier down across the crawl space floor to reduce the amount of humidity in the crawl space. That will help keep the insulation drier mm -hmm. and make it even more effective. Because once it gets moist, it, it cuts the R value. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, mold is bad enough when it's in your house, but what about on your car? We're going to help one listener solve that problem next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook, we will not consider you stalkers. You can just text FAN THE MONEY PIT to FBOOK at 32665 from your cell phone. You'll be instantly added as a fan to our fan page on Facebook. And while you're online, you can click on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon, and you can email us your question. We answer them every week at this part of the show. And let's see who we've got on cue today. We've got one here from Joan in South Carolina who writes, Small brownish-greenish dots begin to appear on my white car after a recent repaving of my street. It has been confirmed to be artillery mold. Removal is estimated around $200 with no guarantee that it will work. Repainting it is... Is 1200 is there a more economical way to remove it well if you remove it or if you repaint it Joan what's to guarantee it's not going to come right back you know artillery fungus has been associated very frequently with forming in the mulch around your yeah, I wonder property. what this repaving of the road has to do with anything Probably I don't know nothing, that it, right? I don't know that it does have anything to do with it it might just be a coincidence but typically, um, we see an association between fresh mulch uh, and the fungus because very often it's in the mulch itself. Uh, to get rid of it, typically, the only thing that you can really do, and it's very difficult, I will tell you, especially on vinyl siding where it most commonly gets, um, is to treat it with a mildicide. A product like Jomax can be effective, which is a bleach-based product that is very effective at killing mold and mildew. On your car, I'm assuming this is on the metal surface of the car. And if that's the case, I also think that you may want to try rubbing compound, which has a slight bit of abrasiveness to it and may be able to sort of help scrub this off. But I'd just be yeah, very if careful. She's, if she's looking at repainting options, can't you use the rubbing compound on the painted surfaces as well? Well, certainly you can, but I just don't see the point in repainting that car uh, unless we get to the bottom of it. So that's why I want Joan to look around her property and see if she's got a lot of mulch because that could be it. Uh, basically, if you do, you want to use uh, uh, not ground up mulch, not the shredded mulch, but the bark pieces because mm -hmm. that doesn't have the same problem. Aye, aye, aye. Well, right, I hope but, that works. In terms of getting it off, a mildicide or rubbing compound uh, will probably work well on the car. Good gosh, Joan. I hope that helps. That sounds like a big disaster. All right. Jeff writes, I have an old 12 by 12 inch tile ceiling in our bathroom. The ceiling tiles are starting to sag due to moisture. Can I drywall over the ceiling tile without removing it? Uh, you could, but that's really sloppy, Jeff. Well, would that be those um, like suspended ceilings? Is that what he's talking Not about? Not suspended. No, he's talking about the fiber tiles that love oh, their okay. tongue and groove. 
you can do it. It's kind of sloppy. I don't really like the idea. I would prefer that you take the tiles down. It's not that hard to do. You'll find that they tear out pretty easily. You'll have a lot of staples to pull out, but when you're done, you should be left with some furring strips that are set up there on 12-inch centers, and I would attach the drywall right to that. I wouldn't go on top of the tile itself, but I just don't like sandwiching You know, all that old mm-hmm. material in between. Especially if he's noting that they're sagging and he thinks it's because they're you know retaining moisture. Mm-hmm. Why go ahead and put a mold source on top of all of that moisture. Exactly. And you know, Jeff, while we're talking about it, if you are going to put drywall on the ceiling, especially in a bathroom situation, you might want to go for one that is fiberglass faced like the Georgia Pacific Dens Armor rather than a traditional paper face because if it's fiberglass faced, it's going to be perfect for a high moisture environment. And you know what? It doesn't cost that much more than paper faced and it finishes just as easy. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. We are just about out of time. Hope that you have enjoyed this hour's program. We've enjoyed being a part of your home improvement holiday week. We give you permission, though, to put the paintbrush down just for a few days now as you get ready (laughs) to enjoy the holidays with your friends and your family. Hope that you have enjoyed this show. If you did, tell a friend. If you didn't, well... Just keep it to yourself, will you? <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Kreitler. I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.